Hi, welcome to the Integrative Health Podcast with Dr. Jen Flegar. This podcast is meant to educate and empower about important health topics. Dr. Jen's passion is to get to the root cause of disease and prevent illness. She will also feature guests who are experts in their fields and experiences in all things related to integrative medicine. Hey, it's Dr. Jen. I have a favor. Could you please leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast so this important information can reach other people out there? Thank you so much for being here. Hi, everyone. Dr. Jen here. I wanted to take a little time to talk about estrogen metabolism. I posted something on my Instagram talking about E1, E2, and E3, and people wanted to know more. So I wanted to hop on and teach you guys a little bit. So this is also a passion of mine. And in being in October, everyone talks about breast cancer awareness. Well, it should be called breast cancer prevention month. And we should really know how estrogen works in the body in women, what you can do to protect yourself. So let's first talk about the different sorts of estrogens, okay? And when you talk about estrogen, you might know not know that there's three different types that are the main types in our body. So we're going to talk about estrone, which is E1, estradiol, which is E2, and estrol, which is E3. So estrone, the chemical structure, estrone is the least potent of the three primary estrogens. Its chemical structure includes a ketone group, hence the one in its name, estrone, and it's a relatively weak estrogenetic activity. And estrone is produced mainly in the peripheral tissue, such as adipose tissue, otherwise known as fat tissue, and it can be converted from other hormones like estradiol and androgens too. This is a pesky one for men because aromatase takes dear testosterone and converts it to estrone. So that is a problem. So its role is important during menopause when the ovaries produce less estradiol and it does maintain some estrogenetic effects in the body. Estradiol, the queen bee is otherwise known as E2. The chemical structure is most potent. It's the most potent out of our estrogens and biologically active estrogen. It has a relatively high affinity for the estrogen receptors. It's produced primarily in the ovaries and premenopausal women and is responsible for development and maintenance of the female secondary sexual characteristics. And estradiol regulates the menstrual cycle, promotes breast development, maintains vaginal and uterine health, and influences our bone density plays a role in mood or cognition and other non-reproductive functions. Estradiol is your girl hormone that is going to help you with multitasking. Um, and, and it's a great one. So the third E3 is estriol. Estriol has a chemical structure with three hydroxyl, which is OH groups, hence the tri in its name, estriol. So that can be easy ways to help remember these. And it's the least potent of the three primary estrogens. Estriol is primarily produced during pregnancy by the placenta, and it's virtually absent in non-pregnant women and is considered a marker of fetal well-being. Estrel helps maintain the uterine lining and prepare the breast for lactation during pregnancy. And it doesn't contribute significantly to the typical estrogenic effects in non-pregnant women. So it is important to note that 
there's a balance and relative levels of these estrogens. This changes throughout our lives. So estriol is the most dominant estrogen in premenopausal women, while estrone becomes more more dominant after menopause, which is not necessarily good. So we'll talk about estrogen detox a little bit later and hormone replacement. And then estriol is mainly significant during pregnancy. Estrogen receptors are found in various tissues throughout the body, not just in our reproductive systems. And estrogens play roles in bone health, our cardiovascular health, mood regulation, and more. Hormone replacement therapy may be used to manage hormonal imbalances or symptoms associated with menopause and specific estrogen use. may It varies depending on the personal person's personal health history and their symptoms. So hormone replacement therapy is very, very individualized. So let's talk about estrogen metabolism. And this is what is really important as an integrative medicine doctor. I can look at someone's family history, if they have endometriosis or if they have heavy periods, or if there is some sort of um, estrogen receptor positive cancer or something that makes me think their estrogen detox is just not really good. So estradiol metabolism is mainly in the liver and gut, and it's a complex process involving several enzyme reactions that transform estradiol E2, which is a potent estrogen, into all of these different metabolites. And this metabolism is crucial for regulating the levels of active estrogen in the body and eliminating excess hormones. So you have to make sure that you're detoxifying your estrogens well. So liver metabolism of estradiol first has to go through phase one metabolism. This is in the liver. It's the initial step of estradiol metabolism, and it involves the enzyme cytochrome P450, okay? So the, we've heard of that before. This is how um, our liver metabolizes things through these different pathways. So for estradiol, it's P453A4 and other cytochrome P450 enzymes. So these enzymes catalyze the conversion of estradiol into several intermediate metabolites, including estrone and estriol. So phase two metabolism is, includes the role of enzymes such as COMT, which plays a crucial role in the transformation of estradiol and metabolites, making them more water soluble and facilitate their elimination from the body. So phase two metabolism of estradiol involves conjugation of estradiol and its metabolites, such as glucaric acid, sulfate, or methyl groups. The conjugation processes make the molecules larger and more water-soluble, which is essential for their excretion. And one of these enzymes, which I alluded to, is COMT. And COMT, catechol-O-methyltransferase, is responsible for methylation, which is the addition of a methyl group of the catechol containing compounds, including estrogen metabolites. And it primarily acts on the catechol estrogen, such as 2-hydroxyestradiol. So the substrates that occur with COMT, they can methylate into several estrogen metabolites, including 2-hydroxyestradiol and 2-hydroestrone, converting them into methyl estrogens. Then the methylation reaction, the enzyme reaction involves the transfer of a methyl group from SAM, S-adenosylmethione, to catechol estrogen, resulting in the formation of methyl oxyestrogen metabolites. The importance of this is methylation of COMT reduces the biological activity of catechol estrogens and makes them more water-soluble, facilitating 
their elimination through urine or bile. And this is important because we can, if we're not properly getting rid of these estrogen and estrogen metabolites, then they can recycle through our body, causing more of an estrogen dominance or possible bad, bad things like um, estrogen, like cancers. So there's um, these include UGTs, which are groups of enzymes that conjugate estradiol metabolites through glucaric acid. This also makes them highly water soluble, allows for excretion through liver and kidneys. Um, SULTs catalyze the addition of sulfate groups to estradiol metabolites, making them more water soluble to be excreted in urine. And glutathione as transferases, GSTs. And they're primarily involved in detoxifying various xenobiotics. GSTs can play a role in the detoxification of some estrogen metabolites by conjugating them with glutathione. So one concern with this part, the phase two, is I see a lot of women that they struggle with the phase two detoxifications when we do a Dutch exam or urine metabolite exam and look at their estradiol detoxification. And a lot of that can be genetic. You can have a SNP or a single nucleotide polymorphism in your COT, COMT gene. So you can thank your parents for that. And this is just something that you need to know your risk. You need to know if that's where you're stuck so you can support that. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So then these water-soluble conjugated estradiol metabolites are then excreted through the urine and bile and then leaving the body. And the importance of this is bile, right? So we need to have good liver health. And then we talked about phase one. Phase one um, detoxification is all liver health. So when you bog down your liver with um, conjugated equine estrogens, which are oral contraceptive pills or other pharmaceuticals or alcohol or anything else, that, that can slow down your estrogen metabolism. And this is why when we look at breast cancer risk, you know, women used to be able to have a drink a day and not have an increased risk of any cancer, especially breast cancer. And now it's zero drinks a day. So you really, you know, I get so frustrated during Breast Cancer Awareness Month because we're not talking about breast cancer awareness. We're just talking about mammograms and detection. We're not talking about prevention which everyone should be get looking at their urinary metabolites. So I get all fired up about this. So let's talk about gut metabolism of estradiol. So while most estrogen, estradiol and estrogen metabolism occurs in the liver, some additional changes can happen in the gut. So you have this enterohepatic circulation. So some of the conjugated estradiol metabolites excreted in the bile are reabsorbed from the small intestine as a process known as enterohepatic circulation. And this recycled estrogen undergoes further metabolism in the gut. And this is where we check something called beta-glucuronidase in the gut through GI effects testing. And I will get this test on patients with some estrogen um, dominance type history, because if they have really high beta-glucuronidase, well, we need to fix that. Sometimes it's SIBO. Sometimes it's just their gut dysbiosis is, is off and their gut flora is off and we need to fix that dysbiosis. So calcium deglucurate is also really nice because it helps clear that out. I actually put a lot of my male patients on calcium deglucurate to get that extra estrogen off. They don't need the it recycling. There's also microbiome, microbiome metabolism. So in the colon, gut bacteria can deconjugate metabolites, converting them back to their free form. 
And there's further metabolism in the enzymes produced by our gut bacteria can help modify these hormones. So that's why we really have to keep our gut healthy. So it's, it's also worth noting that the balance between these metabolic processes can influence the overall levels of active estrogen in the body. So for example, phase two liver metabolization and excretion can help maintain estrogen homeostasis, while disruptions in these processes can lead to elevated estradiol levels. And this can contribute to hormone imbalances or conditions such as estrogen dominance. And estrogen metabolism, it's also influenced by uh, various factors, including our genetics, our age, our diet, medications, and the composition of our gut microbiome. So this is where you want to have your integrative medicine doctors really talk to you about hormone therapy, all these different medical conditions, and how they impact estrogen metabolism. It is so important. So let's talk about what we can do for this, because this is where prevention lies. So this is what should be talked about on the news channels at the football game. You know, everyone wearing pink, it's, it's just not enough. October triggers me. So we want to improve phase one and phase two estrogen detoxification. So let's talk about phase one. So what can we do to help support and enhance phase one estrogen detoxification? So eating a balanced diet, consuming a diet rich in antioxidants, such as fruits and vegetables, why? These help neutralize free radicals produced during the detoxification process. We can include cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, which contain compounds like indole-3-carbonyl, I3C, and sulforaphane that support estrogen metabolism. So one thing you could do is eat a lot of broccoli and Brussels sprouts. And what I really like are broccoli sprouts. They're specifically really high in sulforaphane. You could also, we'll talk a little bit more about I3C dim. So I3C dim is something that can be helpful. You want to maintain a healthy gut. So gut health is essential for effective estrogen metabolism. Consume fiber-rich foods, probiotics, and prebiotics to support a balanced gut microbiome. And this is also worth saying, testing your gut health and making sure that you are having good nutrient absorption and detoxification through your gut. Stay hydrated. So proper hydration is essential for all detoxification processes, including estrogen metabolism. Aim to drink enough water throughout the day. I'm stopping to drink some filtered water right now. Also, electrolytes are good. Reduce alcohol consumption. Excessive alcohol intake can disrupt estrogen metabolism. Limit alcohol consumption or just abstain if you have a strong family history of breast cancer. Exercise regularly. Physical exercise promotes overall health and can help support detoxification processes and aim for a mix of cardiovascular and strength training exercises. I, women should lift, women should lift, women should lift, okay? Can't say that enough. Manage stress. So chronic stress can really negatively impact our hormonal balance. Practice stress reduction techniques such as prayer, such as breathing exercises, mindfulness, grounding outside, Avoid toxin, minimize exposure to environmental toxins and endocrine disrupting chemicals found in plastics, cosmetics, and household products. It's another thing that burns me is that all of these companies that have crap in their food and microplastics and parabands and all this nasty stuff and fragrance, they are all, you know, 
oh, pink for October and breast cancer awareness. No, if you really cared about women, you would take that junk out of your product. So I'm calling you all out. And you guys, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, call out those companies in the comments or just do a call to action. Ask them, say, you say you're, you know, you want awareness for breast cancer. Why don't you take the fragrance out of your stuff? And that's the first thing when I'm researching companies, I look, is there fragrance <laughs> in their products? And then I'm like, eh, see you later, right? See you later, alligator. Okay. So supplements and herbs. So some supplements may support phase one detoxification and that's including milk, thistle, turmeric, green tea extract. So I really like liver aid right here. So we have dandelion root, artichoke leaf in here, inositol, um, milk, thistle, garlic, ball, turmeric. So I take liver aid every day. I take two capsules every day because I want to support my estrogen metabolism. I know it's important. I know my liver is a little sluggish. So this is really important. And especially, you know, I recommend that if you are going to participate in a little bit of alcoholic drinks, you know, support your liver if you're going to do that. This should just be a must for everyone. Um, and then also, you know, if you're on hormone replacement therapy, make sure you're working with a knowledgeable healthcare provider. So you are having proper liver detoxification. You're not taking oral estrogen. So you're taking estrogen in a trochee or a patch or a cream. Okay. So you need to, you need to work someone that knows what they're doing. And then you can consider genetic testing. This is kind of like what we spoke about earlier about looking at like a Dutch test or something, urine metabolite test. It's so good to look at. It. And we look at the piece of the puzzle and look at your phase one and phase two, um, detoxifications. And we look at your two methoxy and four methoxy and 16 methoxy. We look at all those different pathways, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we can really pinpoint this is what you have to work on. So let's talk about phase two. How can we improve phase two estrogen detoxification? So this is the part that involves conjugating estrogen metabolites and making them water soluble for elimination from the body. And some people get stuck at phase one and some people get stuck at phase two. And that's what's so cool about testing is that you can figure out what, where are you stuck? And this is, I work with clients. I work with patients with this. So I am available because we, we need to do better for women. So these are similar. Some of these are going to be a little crossover. So eat a nutrient-rich diet, consume foods rich in essential nutrients, which support phase two detoxification, including B vitamins, amino acids, and sulfur-containing compounds. And these nutrients are necess necessary for conjugation reactions. Foods like leafy greens, lean protein sources can provide these nutrients. Cruciferous vegetables include broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts in your diet. And once again, they contain sulforaphane and I3C, which enhance phase two detoxification also. So more sulfur rich foods such as garlic and onions and leeks in your diet. So if you, if you are reacting to garlics and onions and you get bloated every time you eat them, look into SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Healthology by Dr. Jen website has a whole protocol on that. So sulfur does support the formation of glutathione, which is an important antioxidant and conjugation molecule. You could do NAC and acetylcysteine. It's the precursor to glutathione. It's, it's an antioxidant involved in phase two detoxification. And this can be taken as a supplement right here. I'm holding it up 500 milligrams a day. 
protein intake, ensure you have an adequate intake of protein from sources like lean meats, fish, poultry, lentils, beans, and amino acids from protein are essential for phase two detoxification. I like just taking amino acids after I'm working out while I'm still fasted to really build that protein. Cruciferous vegetable supplements you can take, and that would be I3C or DIM. Milk thistle is amazing for liver function. Same with artichoke extracts. They really support liver health in the detoxification process. So again, make sure you're well hydrated. It helps for proper elimination of the conjugated estrogen metabolites. And limit alcohol and toxin exposure. Same for phase one and phase two. Minimizing exposure to environmental toxin and endocrine disrupting chemicals, reduce that burden on that phase two detoxification process. And once again, manage stress. So a lot of those are overlapped. So I told you guys about liver aid that I love. It has milk thistle, garlic, bulb, turmeric, inositol, dandelion root, and artichoke leaf extract. What about I3C and DIM? So I3C and DIM are natural compounds found in cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and they've been studied for their potential benefits in promoting balanced estrogen metabolism. So how they convert estradiol metabolites is they influence the metabolism of E2, estradiol, into different metabolites. And one of the key pathways they affect is the conversion of E2, which is 2-hydroxyestrone, rather than the 16-alpha-hydroxy. And 2-methoxy two, two is considered a good estrogen metabolite because it's less estrogenic and has weaker stimulatory effect on the estrogen receptors than the 16. So this shifts that metabolism from the good, from the, the bad, and then there's the ugly, which is 4-methoxy. And this balance is, is associated with a lower risk of estrogen-related health issues such as breast and reproductive organ concerns. And then I3C and DIM can also support phase one and phase two detoxification processes in the liver and enhance the conjugation and removal of estrogen metabolites, making them easier for the body to eliminate. And they exhibit I3C and DIM and anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties, which can help reduce oxidative stress and inflammation associated with estrogen metabolism. So overall, this may promote a more balanced ratio of estrogen metabolites, and I3C and DIM can contribute to overall hormonal balance in the body, which can have positive effects on reproductive health and hormonal symptoms. So it's important to note that while I3C and DIM are found in cruciferous vegetables, their bioavailability can vary, and this depends on um, you know, what, what your gut health is like. So when we look at I3C and DIM, so sometimes we talk about their impact on androgens. So sometimes the estrogen-androgen balance, um, if we're giving someone I3C and DIM, promoting the production of less estrogenic metabolites and reducing the production of more estrogenic ones, this can sometimes make the, the balance in the estrogen metabolism affect the overall hormonal environment, including androgens. Because some studies have shown that DIM may have mild anti-androgen effects. So it may reduce the activity of androgens in certain tissues. However, generally these effects are modest and may not lead to significant changes in androgens, but you know, everyone is different. And that's why sometimes you do, you want to work with an integrative doctor and you, you want to test and, and listen to your body on how these things feel in your body. Cause I will have some patients that do really well with it and some that don't. So everyone genetically is different. We know that. So thank you so much for hanging out with me and listening or watching to learn more about 
estrogen and estradiol and estrone and estriol. So now you guys know what E1, E2, and E3 are. And not only that, this is important to know so we can take charge of our body. So we can maybe educate someone on this. So we can, you know, talk about why eating broccoli is good for us and maybe eat broccoli instead of a glass of wine. So if this was helpful for you, if you guys want more videos like this, more podcasts like this, more content like this, I need you guys to give me feedback. I need you guys to leave a five-star review, hit subscribe, share this with a friend that would love this knowledge drop so they can know more about their body and, you know, just be a rock star because you guys can all do it. I know you can. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. This podcast was created and hosted by Jen Flegar and is for informational purposes only. It is not medical advice. This podcast describes responsibility for adverse effects from use of information contained in this podcast. This podcast does not promote opinions of their guests of their own and does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests of the show or endorse any qualifications for the guests of this podcast. Guests may have financial disclosures. If you think you have a medical problem, consult your personal physician or team. Thank you for joining.